right, so just a quick recap on what we just did in the first part. We talked about the fact that Salah is supposed to be a means to a higher goal. What's the higher goal? Is to make you a better person, make you a source of good, make you someone who, inshallah, can benefit humanity and as a result, live a happy and life of inner peace. Okay, that's really the, the, uh, the summary of this entire section. Okay. Um, next section is going to be interesting, but before that, I want to do this exercise. But I need everybody to be back in their seats for us to do this, inshallah. I still see some empty seats. So um, who can tell me what is the thing inside of us that does not die? What is, we call, what is it called? The ruh, okay? And the ruh came from where? Came, came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, he was a piece of clay. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ruhi," And I blew into him from my ruh. Okay? So technically, this ruh came from who? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? That is the origin of the ruh. And therefore, like we said, the food for the ruh is remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you feed the ruh? You feed the ruh through the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this ruh, you know, in the Quran, Allah says, Because many people used to ask the Prophet ﷺ about the ruh. Ya Rasulullah, tell us more about the ruh. And the Prophet ﷺ was told by Allah to tell them, this is something that from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a matter that only Allah can deal with. We have limited knowledge about the ruh. Very, very limited knowledge. All we know that this ruh is, is what keeps us alive in our bodies. And then what happens to this ruh when we die? It leaves our body and goes into a place called al-barzakh. It's like a small transitionary place. And then on the day of judgment, what's going to happen to this ruh? It's going to reconnect with our bodies. We're going to come back to life and be, inshallah, resurrected. At the same time, what happens to this ruh when you sleep? The ruh actually leaves our body even when we sleep. Every single time you sleep, the ruh leaves your body. And, and the Prophet would, would call the, the sleep the sister of death. So technically, we're kind of like dying every night. And if you're someone who takes a qailula, you're dying even during noontime. Every time you take a, like a nap, you're dying. And your ruh leaves the body. And when the ruh comes back to life, what do you say? Alhamdulillah, alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur. Thank you, Allah. All praises to Allah that gave us life after we were dead. And to Him we shall return. So, this ruh, and by the way, what's something interesting that happens during sleep? What's something strange that happens during sleep? Dreams, yes. So there's so many theories about dreams. Where does this ruh go? Is, does the ruh have anything to do with dreams or not? And what really goes on, right? So there's so many theories. I don't want to get into that stuff because these are all 
still, you know, nothing is for sure certain. But I want to tell you something really cool about this ruh. It has amazing capabilities. It has the capability to allow us to imagine. We as human beings have the power of imagination. And this has not been given to any other creation other than the human being. And through this imagination, we improve our lifestyles. We improve the way we live. Through this imagination, you have tall skyscrapers. Because of this imagination, you have the human being reaching the moon. We're building faster cars. We're building, you know, more and more advanced gadgets. It all is a result of imagination. Now just look at this remote here. Someone had to think and imagine this remote in a drawing before it came into existence, correct or no? Could it have come into existence without going through that process of visualizing, imagining, putting it on paper and in the factory and putting all the pieces together? It was impossible. How did it start? Where was the beginning of this remote? Imagination. Someone thought of a, an idea that it would be cool to be able to change slides with a, with a device, a small device. So that is the power of imagination. Now, how is that linked to salah? The ruh, like I told you, it is living in the unseen world, okay? It's not limited to our, when, when we talk about seen things, our seen capabilities, physical capabilities, we're limited. But the ruh has unlimited potential, okay? And, I, and we're not gonna talk a lot about this, but I'm gonna share with you one example of how we can use this ruh to really feel happy and good about ourselves, okay? To go to places, to visit places, to, to change, uh, you know, our perspective of time. And so I want you to close your eyes, take a deep breath in, and make sure you, your legs aren't crossed. Your both feet should be flat on the ground, sit up straight, and take this exercise seriously, okay? Uh, you're gonna, be inshallah, benefit tremendously. Close your eyes, I don't wanna see any eyes open, Okay? It's not a prank, don't worry. We're not gonna throw water on you or anything. So trust me. Just close your eyes, flat feet on the ground, take deep, deep breath in from your nose, and exhale from your mouth very slowly. Keep your hands flat on your laps also. No cross, don't cross your legs, don't cross your arms. Deep breath in, let's do it three times. Exhale out slowly. One more time, deep breath in. Exhale, close your eyes. Okay, very good. Now, this ruh that's inside of you has no perception of physical space. Okay, keep your eyes closed. What I mean by that is that it can go back in time. I want you all to go back to the time of Ramadan last year. Deep breath. It's Ramadan. It's the last 10 nights. Choose one of the last 10 nights. Maybe it's the 27th night. You remember where you prayed it. You remember the people there. Can you see them? Yes. If you see them, just smile. Don't open your eyes. Just smile so that I can see that you're with us. 
So you see the people, you, you imagine yourself praying, you have that amazing khushu, that amazing qara is there, and you're so excited, it's the last 10 nights, and you have plenty of du'as that you've piled up to ask Allah, you have so much forgiveness to ask from Allah, and you're feeling this amazing feeling of khushu in your salah. If you can feel that you're there, smile, please. Okay, very good. Most of you are there. Excellent. So the, like you see, keep your eyes closed. Like you see, the ruh has ability to go back in the past, not only in the near past, even in the farthest past. Okay? So I want you to go back now to the time where you were in 10th grade go back further in time it's a piece of cake for the ruh it can go back in time easily everything is stored you see yourself in your school uniform small kid right you're, you're, you look funny and you see all your friends with you you see the clothes they're wearing and you guys probably in school if you, if you see yourself there smile Yes, most of you are there, very easy. Just let it go, release, let the ruh do this. Now, at the same time, this ruh has the ability to go into the future. So I want you to now to try to imagine the future. Imagine that you are going to Ramadan this year. So it hasn't really come yet, it's gonna come. Imagine yourself in Ramadan. Imagine yourself going with your family, your kids, your parents your loved ones, you're going together to pray, you're dressed up nicely, you're excited about the taraweeh, you're excited about the qira'ah. If you see yourself there, please smile. Very good, most of you are smiling, excellent. So this ruh is incredible, this, this is a piece of cake for it, okay? Now, not only can the ruh travel through time, it can also travel through space. <laughs> and I, what I want you to do now is to separate your body from your ruh. Let the ruh, you are the ruh, remember, you are not your body, right? Your body is just a piece of flesh. So you as a ruh need to separate from your body and I want you to lift yourself up and separate from your body and I want you to see yourself from the lens of your ruh. You're going up elevating yourself up higher and higher. You see yourself now sitting in this hall. And when you go even higher, now you see this Ummad Dirda center. Go zoom out even more. Further up, further up, you see Bahrain's map now. If you see Bahrain's map, smile. It's pretty easy, right? Yes, most of you are doing it, very good. So let it go, keep going higher. Let's go and see now the map of the you know, GCC countries. Go even higher. Let's now see the full earth view. If you see the view of the earth, smile. Yes, most of you are seeing it, very good. Now what we wanna do is we wanna go up even higher. We wanna go past the first heaven, up into the second heaven. And for you, this is a piece of cake. For the ruh, it can go through physical space, like I told you, it means nothing. So let's go up even higher to the third and the fourth Go faster, fifth, sixth, seventh, seventh level of heaven. Now you're in the presence, 
of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the highest possible level of Jannah. And there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed the angels to show you your palace. So you see the angels opening the palace doors and you walk in and you see your house. I want you to start designing your house. Remember, in Jannah, you just think about it and it happens. It's effortless. So put whatever furniture you want. Make the house as big as you want. You can have whatever view you want, whether it's a, if it's a waterfall view, whether it's a garden view, whether it's a beach view, whether it's a mountain view, and the weather is perfect. I want you to start feeling the breeze. It's just perfect, not too cold, not too hot, and the smell is even more amazing. It's better than any bukhur you've smelt, better than any perfume you've ever smelt. And what's more amazing is that you're in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is your house. This is your house in Jannah, and Allah has given it a name. The name of your house is Darus Salam, the house of peace. I want you to experience that amazing inner peace. You're all alone, there's nobody with you, it's just you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your house, and this is your house in Jannah. This is where you experience that peace, and you see yourself smiling. This is the happiest moment of your life. There's nothing more you want from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has given you everything you want. The house of your dreams. In his presence. If you can see your house very clearly with all the furniture and all the details, I want you to smile. Great, most of you are smiling. That's excellent. This is your house. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wallahu yad'u ila daris salam. Allah invites you to this house of yours. Allah is the one who's inviting you to your house in Jannah and he's given it the house, the name of the house of peace. You can stay in this place forever. But for the time being, I want you to open your eyes. I know some of you want to stay there, but it's time to come back to reality. <coughs> Hands up for those of you who saw your Dar es Salaam very clearly. Okay, great, mashallah, excellent, excellent. So this is a small gift that I gave you, okay? Um, this is the capability of the human being. You can go to your Dar es Salaam whenever you want. If there's traffic on the way to work, go to your Dar es Salaam. By the way, you can even pray in Darus Salaam. Next time you stand in prayer, and try this with Salatul Maghrib. Before you say Allahu Akbar, just try to visualize yourself in Darus Salaam. And you can do this with your eyes open, by the way. With practice, you can start doing this with your eyes open. You will instantly see yourself in your room, in your place, in your Darus Salaam, and you pray there. 
And wallahi, that experience of prayer will be unlike any prayer you've ever prayed in the past. Just have to, you know, believe that it's possible and don't think it's weird. Okay, don't let shaitan come to you and say, Brother Fahad is doing some magic spell on you. He's doing some, uh, you know, sihr on you. <laughs> this is not sihr, it's just pure visualization. This is a gift from Allah and there's no harm in using this gift to attain that khushu' and inner peace. Yes, you all agree or no? Okay, and at the same time, you can also sleep in your Darus Salaam every night. Before sleeping, just five minutes, close your eyes, do the same breathing exercise and go there. Don't tell your husbands, they might get angry at you that you don't want to sleep with them. <laughs> or even for the brothers, no need to tell your wives this. It's a personal experience, right? You love your spouses. You love your parents and your house, right? But if Allah is giving you this gift, you use it. And Allah invites you to this house. Wallahu yad'u ila dar salam. So part two, the essence. What is the essence of salah? To understand the essence of salah, we have to understand why Allah created us. And Allah created us to worship Him. Okay? And in this amazing ayah, Allah says, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ اِدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ Ask me and I will answer your prayers immediately. And then he goes on to say, Those who are arrogant, those who think that they, they don't want to worship me out of arrogance, they will enter Jahannam. So Allah here is saying that dua is actually worship. Those who don't do dua, they're not worshiping me. In other words, dua equals worship. And the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith that is sahih, dua huwa al-ibadah. Dua is in fact ibadah. And another hadith, dua mukhu al-ibadah. Dua is the, the core or the, you know, the, the center of the ibadah. And so dua is a fundamental part of prayer that we have to talk about a bit, inshallah, in this section. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says so many beautiful ayat. Just one of them is, إِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ When your slaves ask you about me, and then Allah puts the Prophet aside and talks to us directly, I am near, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ I am most definitely near you. أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي I answer the call of anybody who asks me. And just ask me once, da'wah, one da'wah. Just make one da'wah, I will answer the, the du'a of anybody. He didn't say, ujibu da'wah al-Muslim. Ujibu da'wah al-Mu'min. No. Anybody who asks him, Allah is near and he will answer. So this is my understanding of our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And pay attention to this. This is really interesting and really, really powerful stuff that inshallah you can share with your kids. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our initial relationship with Him should be a relationship of love. Because how do we know our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? By knowing who Allah is. And how do we know who Allah is? By His beautiful names, right? Asma'ullah al-Husna. And when you know Allah with His Asma'ullah al-Husna, 
you are bound to love him. And that is the beginning of this relationship. It's a relationship of love. And when you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how do you feel? You feel happy, okay? Feel happy. And then when you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you realize that you have to obey him. And when you love somebody, is obeying him easy or difficult? Easy, right? So even while you're obeying him, you're happy. And then part of obedience, we just understood that Allah commanded us to make dua, right? Ud'uni, it's a command. Ud'uni astajib lakum. It's not if you want to make dua. Ud'uni, it's a fi'l amr, it's a command. And therefore, part of obedience, and since worship is dua, ask Allah. And so when we ask Allah, we're all also asking happily. We're asking happily. Very important. When you ask, what did Allah promise? Receive. When you receive what you ask for, how do you feel? Happy. When you receive, what do you do? You thank. When you thank, are you going to be happy or no? Allah said, When you thank Allah, what does he do? Gives you more. When Allah gives you more, how do you feel? And when you get more, what happens to your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It increases more. This, my dear brothers and sisters, is the cycle of our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As per my understanding. And this is the understanding I want my, my children to have. On the other hand, let's look at what Shaitan wants us to live our lives like. What's the opposite of love? Hatred, right? So hatred. And when you hate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are you going to be happy or miserable? And when you hate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are you going to obey Him or not? Disobedience makes you happy or miserable? Miserable. When you disobey, what happens to you? Do you ask Allah for anything? No, you're going to have an ego issue. You don't need to ask Allah. You're self-sufficient. So you have an ego issue, and this ego issue is going to make you even more miserable. And then when you don't receive anything, are you going to thank Allah? You're going to complain, and complaining makes you also miserable. And when you complain, you suffer. And suffering also is negative emotions. And when you suffer, you're going to hate Allah even more. And that's the cycle that shaitan wants you to be a part of. Okay? So, purpose of our creation was to worship, just to summarize. And worship, we learned, is dua. And dua is the essence of salah. And the salah, the essence of salah is fatiha. So for us to understand this whole thing, we need to understand Fatiha. This is going to be the last part of my talk. The idea about Fatiha and how do we connect this whole thing together. So to benefit from the full talk, please stay till the end. Um, you know, and this is my trick of making sure you guys don't leave before we're, we finish, inshallah. Okay? So Dua. Let's talk about this concept of Dua. Very interesting stuff. Okay? Why don't our Duas get answered? How many of you have that question in mind? We've been making du'as for years and years and years. And many of our du'as don't get answered. How many of you have experienced your du'as getting answered? Wow, mashallah. Excellent. Very good. Okay, excellent. 
Let's try to understand this. The, the formula goes like this. Ask, believe, and receive. Okay? Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believe, and what is believe known as? Yaqeen. Yaqeen, have full certainty that Allah will give you. And then if you have full certainty, then what happens? You receive. That is the formula. Most people who are making dua, unfortunately, are not asking the right way. There is a right way of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we're going to talk about. And at the same time, we suffer with this level of yaqeen also. Many of us don't have that belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually is going to answer our prayers. And therefore, do our du'as get answered? Do our du'as get answered? No. Okay? Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so ask, believe, receive. We're... we're we have issues with understanding how du'as work. And so we're going to talk about this idea so that we can, inshallah, increase our du'as being answered so that we can, inshallah, be happier and, inshallah, live a life of, um, you know, satisfaction and contentment. So how to understand this idea of du'a? We need to understand how Allah's laws work. And... When we understand how the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the universe work, our du'as will inshallah be answered even more and more. And this will be a motivation for you to upgrade your du'as. Okay? That's another problem we have is sometimes we ask for small things. What I want you to do inshallah is start to ask for bigger things inshallah in life. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the, the keys to all the treasures in the universe. And He's given you access to it. So why aim low? Right? So Allah's laws, Allah calls them Sunnatullah in the Quran. Sunnatullah qad khalat min qabl wa lan tajida li sunnatillahi tabdila. No one's going to change these laws. They're there for eternity. Anybody can use these laws, whether you're Muslim or non-Muslim. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Anyone who understands these laws, whatever he asks for, they will be given. And who mastered these laws? The prophets. What makes prophets so special is that they master these laws. And one of the main laws...